Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. <laughs> like that one? Big energy. I like. Oh, that's good energy. Um, that's it, good energy. You guys may notice I am not wearing a hat today. I did notice. Um, and the reason I'm not wearing a hat, there was a comment on one of the YouTube uh, videos that said, um, <laughs> y'all need to stop wearing hats and all black because you're worshiping Saturn. And I was like, hmm, Saturn, eh? Mm, interesting. Like, as in Saturn, one of the, like, Mars, the god of war, and Saturn, the, or what are we talking about here? I'm not sure. That's the thing. Okay. It's it just Saturn. I, I'm thinking Worshiping that perhaps, Saturn. perhaps it was a typo and they meant Satan, but could be. Could, could be Saturn as well. So, I mean, I'm not there yet on either locations. Right. But I mean, will it improve our odds? I don't know. That's the, I and so, so I thought, you know what, today of all days, maybe I should just not wear a hat and see where that goes. See how that feels. I'll tell whether you whether I'm more sad or where less it goes <laughs> after we've seen the subscribe. Well, let me throw it up there. And because if you're going to worship Saturn, you should like the show. You should subscribe worship to subscribe. And, uh, hit that notification bell. But yes, absolutely. The, it's visually, it was odd. it's putting Visual. me off. Is it? It is. You'd like here's why. Because I didn't know your brain occupied that massive skyscraper above your eyebrows. Yeah, Look there's quite a thing. bit of space there. It's, there's a lot of space, buddy. You can like you could use it as a. You could uh, use like it as a chalkboard. Chalkboard for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well. All right, we've got a mission briefing. Bring in Mass Corporal Burles. Just stand still, chance. Stand here. The, the, the men can't see your forehead. <laughs> it's also very shiny. So it is. Yeah. You know what can Dude, you do? You've got a lot of space to play there. I do, I do, it's and this is normally pan. why I wear a hat. <laughs> you should. This is a one and done thing. <laughs> okay, well there you go. I'm only Saturn. Sorry, buddy. I guess uh, got to wear the hat to properly worship. Yeah, but it's uh, it's kind of hilarious in that I didn't know what to make of that comment hmm. because hey, well, most of my wardrobe is black or gray, as I'm assuming yours is as well. It is um, mostly black. Sorry, and I think Seb was on that day as well, so I'm pretty sure his is as well. <laughs> just yeah, you we, might be right. Um, just because we're that kind of people, and I'm sorry I didn't uh, say it, but Warren Satch, yeah, see. yeah. Um, but then I thought I was like, at what point would you th think to like make that a statement on a like online? You are all worshiping Saturn due to your clothing alone. <laughs> was it someone we know or no? No, it was just oh. a, it was a kind of a random. I was like, oh, cool. That makes oh. it even more fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. I couldn't uh, couldn't resist throwing it up there because. Hey, man, if you're watching, that's awesome. Cool. Enjoying the content. Awesome. But uh, at the same time. At the same time, we don't worship Satan. We don't worship Satan or Saturn that I know of. No. I didn't even know Saturn was there to be worshipped. I thought that was like, I guess Odinism is coming back too. So, Oh, I think it is. That's why I mentioned, that, uh, you know, started making ref loose references to Mars and the old gods. Of course. Mm, mm. See, now that would be. Random I mean, a little thought. more Romanesque, of course, not quite yeah. so Norse-like, but Norse, uh, yeah. I wonder because there has been an insurgence or a resurgence of like Norse mythology over the last little while. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that you know the Greek and the Roman pantheons aren't being kind of resurrected in the same manner, especially with the. Spartan. I think they've had their run. Really? 
<laughs> they had their time. I think the book's being written. Mm, uh, I, mm. No, I really, honestly, I'm I'm kind of tongue in cheeking it, but I'm kind of being a little serious because uh, Ryan Holiday has yeah. gone mega. Yeah. On it, I mean, please don't write another book. What are you? What are you going to write it backwards this time? Yes. It's the same book, but the last page is the first page. Mm. I mean, they've been written. They were actually written a couple of thousand years ago, but now they've been paraphrased a couple of thousand times. And so we don't need another stoic book, to be honest. So it's kind of box check. What we <sighs> That's why perhaps there's a little bit of a, not insurrection or an insurgence, there's been a resurgence of new information, quote mm. unquote new. But it's mm. just because nobody's written a thousand books about it yet to move on to the next mythology. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. I wonder if perhaps in the age of the age of um, not enlightenment, but like technology, everything that we have now, if there's going to be a perhaps a development of a new pantheon at some point, or if there is a amalgamation of some pantheons, I think that'd be interesting. Too. Well, hang on a sec. So that's a fun topic. I mean, I'm not sure if we have topics, but what would you think the next pantheon will look like? Well, from my understanding, most of the pantheons throughout history have been a development of personification of human traits. I like. And because of that, I think this next technological pantheon, I think it'll be technological, especially with the development of AI and virtual reality and that kind of stuff. I think it's going to turn into more of a uh, digital amalgamation. So we'll see more of like um, gods of information and gods of um, integration. And I think that's where it's going to kind of fall. What? I'm going to be a god? Yes. Once you integrate with the matrix. Yes. (laughs) Finally. Yeah. Finally, I'll get my own t-shirt. There you go. I can yeah, make I kind of agree with you um, in that sense. And, and here's why I kind of agree, though I haven't given it much deep thought. My understanding of pantheonism is uh, as you described it, but I feel that to add a little bit more detail to it, and I could be wrong, I'll call it nuance. Um, I think that pantheons were created historically and culturally when there was a delta. I mean, no one's popping up pantheons like they're McDonald's, yeah. right? Ooh, I mean, hey, <laughs> hey, someone just created a new word. Let's create a new pantheon. I mean, there are deltas that are observable yeah. or notable throughout history. There's maybe centuries or whatever uh, delta between the two, but they're step changes. They're mm. notable directional shifts or notable information leaps or notable philosophical redirections. That's what pantheons were. They, as you stated, I believe they symbolized or or recognized a shift for the population in that moment. And therefore, whether the population realized it or not, they were being informed that there was a shift. Mm-hmm. And so digital pantheon, this is a bit digital pantheon. It just ain't notable. It ain't <laughs> famous. It ain't even a structure. No Yet. one barely knows that it exists, but these are pantheons in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that, to, uh, and here's why I feel they're a bit different, because I don't want anyone to come over and worship 
I don't want anyone to come over and bow at the entrance. I don't want anyone to burn a candle in it. I just want people to pass the information. And so mm -hmm. pantheons back in the day represented someone pushing down a message that the masses absorbed and didn't question. I'm stating we're the masses passing out an information looking for it to be critically analyzed and fed back in a loop that gets corrected over time so that the message can keep alive rather than create static done. Mm. I'm, <clears throat> I'm picturing a, basically the, the, the way I've always understood it and the way I've always, um, I guess, maybe interpreted the information over the, over the years is the fact that there is, um, as you said, someone's pushing a message, right? If you're you're trying to get some sort of actual change uh, based off of just information, and I think that you know when you see, especially the newer religions like um, Catholicism and all those things, but that's still technically a pantheon, is mm -hmm. that the message is the concept, the original concept. It's all about Agreed. the message. Yeah. And then it gets elevated to a point that it becomes, you know, on a pedestal. And then whoever was saying the message gets put on the pedestal because they're the one or the personification of that message is being right, put on right, a pantheon right. yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, and it, so it, at some point it gets elevated and then the next generation that learns it, learns it as an elevated concept. And then the next generation learns it. It's another elevated concept. And so it keeps getting elevated every generation because the previous generation had it elevated to begin with. And so with this, this uh, digital pantheon, it could very well be because in two, three generations, we don't know how this is going to be interpreted. We don't know how this is going to be seen. This, this whole collective could explode and become a massive undertaking in the, the next uh, stoicism. Right. It could be. Probably not, but yeah, theoretically. Yeah. And then, you and I could be elevated as the speakers of said pantheon, right? And yeah, then we as become the orator. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where this, when I said, you know, it's all about the new pantheon is going to be about information and integration. Is that as, uh, as the technologies develop to be able to interpret this at a faster rate, then I think the, the speed of which a pantheon will be created will also increase. Well, you actually raised some interesting, there's several things that you said in there that uh, I could tease out, but certainly the one that bubbles up to the top is um, the digital age, of course, is a rapidly evolving age. So mm -hmm. messages adapt in at light speed now, whereas they didn't 2000 years ago. They only adapted uh, if you were looking at the guy across from you who was also wearing a toga, which... I'll wear a toga right now if it spreads a message. Yeah, we can go get togas. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do an episode, the Ooh. toga episode. Ooh, I like that. Uh, but uh, back then, um, at the earliest forms of pantheons, it was man to man. Mm -hmm. uh, and it didn't go far other than another man then later in the day relaying the message to another man. Mm -hmm. Maybe to his family, but probably not. Back then, it was, of course, male-dominated society and... And, and the message was spread from man to man to some degree, which, I mean, seems so archaic now, but that is what it was. Mm -hmm. Now, what are we doing? We're two men relaying messages to each other, uh, except we're not thinking of it as a pantheon. 
but it's kind of an interesting thought concept. It really is. I'm uh, kind of fascinated by it, and I think I might explore the idea in a little bit. And to your point of a toga episode, if I ever get Ryan Ryan Holiday on here, we're going to wear togas. Well, Just... if you could set that up, I'd go find my finest toga, which is a problem because I've got several. I'm not sure if I'll wear my satin one or my velvet one. Mm, both good choices. I was both thinking like choices. velour. That's not a bad. That's not bad because the silk would be would show sweat. Yeah. And I'm going to sweat in that episode. And I it would mean, be shiny too. So lighting. Yeah. Right? Lighting would be a problem. Probably secondary reflections off my voice, <laughs> off the shine. <laughs> We're having too much fun this morning, I tell you. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway. The, well, you know it, what? It's probably a good thing because I came at you hard yesterday mm. and, and got a yin and yang it, baby. Got to balance the force. Yeah. Got to balance the force. Got to be equal and opposite. Correct. Right. Yes. I was actually, I had a conversation. You are not with... my equal and I'm opposite <laughs> of everything you do. <laughs> I, uh, you're right. You're not my equal. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I was talking to my, my son the other day and we were talking, um, physics actually random moment in the car. We were talking mm-hmm. about, um, equal and opposite come reactions. About? Sorry. So we were talking about, um, I know. How did he come up with it? Yeah, and the, the, we were we were in the car and we were discussing um, how um, when when somebody does something and he feels a certain way, and so like uh, he was saying <clears throat> he was playing with some kids at the park and they didn't want to play with him and he felt bad, and I was like, well, yeah, you have a reaction because they did something and you had a reaction to it, and then he didn't really understand the concept, so I started diving into is actually more me than him but i started diving into um you know the basics of um the first law of motion second law of motion i can't remember i which never one, remember if it's the there's first an equal the and opposite one. and mm-hmm. for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction and um and so yeah we started discussing that more than anything of <clears throat> and he started asking me really intelligent questions uh you know like well what happens if if there's a really big action on one side and a small reaction on the other. And I was like, then those things are based off of um, like a certain ratio, depending on how big this action is versus how little this action is. And then he started applying it to life and he was like, well, so if somebody does something really mean and I don't really react to it, then that's a good thing. And I was like, that's for you to decide. But in my eyes, it would be a good thing. And so he started playing with it, his own head of like how to get different reactions from certain actions and i thought it was quite interesting um so i was gonna and i mean yesterday you came at me hard i absorbed not my hardest not your hardest no kind of a 1.5 out of 10 (laughs) i was gonna say two two okay one point no higher than two no higher than two. (laughs) yeah but my reaction was uh it was i don't know if it was equal and opposite but it was of magnitude Agreed. And I think that, that was uh that's I think that's something that we need to be aware of is that Oh, it's critical. You, you are it's it's an amazing insight. Yeah. Okay. Well the um I think so what I was gonna say was the fact that if we can develop our order of magnitudes to a higher degree, in order to do that, we have to get hit by larger magnitudes in order to you do. Measure you gotta hang on for the ride. 
Yeah. I, have you ever heard me say that before? I think like on day once one? or twice. <laughs> and, maybe? and you know, it's it starts at a one point five out of ten until it's like a seven point five out of ten. But the seven point five out of ten now feels like a one point five out of ten. But every time you feel the pinch or the sting or the the lightning bolt, depending on what's being delivered by whoever, and I'll get back to that in a sec, um, you're going to have a response. And I do feel that if you understand the game, if it's an equal and opposite response, the push will move someone in the direction at the velocity that they're pushed. How much velocity can a person take versus how much velocity do they need? Well, that is the devil in the details. Mm -hmm. And if you really care about a person, you'll fine tune the push so that it stings quite hard, but it's healing itself the moment that you walk away. They'll heal it themselves. Mm -hmm. So you got to push. I got to push. You, you have to push yourself. You have to push your boys. You have to push those people around you. Push, push, push. That's what we're all supposed to be doing, not lazy, lazy, lazy. Um, and so I, I'm being lazy if I don't push others, mm. I've got no problems pushing myself. I mean, that's, I can do that in my sleep. I'm, I'm getting an image of a pinball machine and it's interesting because the way my brain works is it really, I develop pictures based off of like, I, I see scenes of imagery mm, as too. people talk and I find, um, <laughs> it helps me interpret the the actual the the verbiage that people use but um the the concept in my mind is that if we are all in one giant pinball machine right and we're all the balls bouncing you got multi-ball going on you got balls oh, bouncing all over the place right look multi-ball advanced player right and uh if you don't, want to don't be... let me tilt your uh, thought process though tilt oh no no the uh if <laughs> If we're all bouncing around in, in and amongst each other, we are not in control of any of the situation, right? We're just bouncing off of everything. Yes, left, it's, right, uh, it, I was going to say it's uh, the chaos theory or it's chaotic. It, yeah. there's, there's a little bit more to it than that, but it gets us in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. And I think that once you realize that you can actually direct your own self, your own ball, your own whatever, and you start using the paddles, that gives you the ability to push in a direction that you want to go the trick i guess is the fact that there are other pinballs <laughs> running around in, in amongst the things so there's you can hit a straight line or you can aim for something and then you're going to bounce off something on the way and then you have to react and do it again and do it again and do it again until you can find the right line with the right timing at the right speed to reach your objective well this will be fun i'm going to use your example and see if this makes sense to you so, you know, we've now established this multi-ball pinball machine, and mm -hmm. uh, there's many balls on the table, and it's chaotic. And let's pretend that you've never played pinball before, Chance mm -hmm. Burles. This is your first session, and it's madness, man. <laughs> and I got that, a multi-ball already? That Dang. pinball <laughs> battlefield is chaotic. <laughs> yeah. And how do you get a grip on that? Well, you know, initially, what happens is you watch a whole bunch of balls go down through the yeah. shoe. Well, I keep losing. And then one day, you manage to get your flippity-flop paddles working properly so that you have your first bing, and it goes bing, goes right up the field again. You're like, whoa, I've, I could, I got a moment to breathe. Oh, it's binging around out there. I can see what my, oh, that's not where I wanted it to go. And then it starts sliding down, and it's in the shoe. 
Or maybe you get lucky and it bangs off your this flipper. Bing! Ding, 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 ding. It doesn't go where you want to go. But your game is continuing. You don't feel like you're in control of the game yet because you haven't learned how to use your flippers. Mm-hmm. And you know as well as I do that there's timing to flippers. Mm-hmm. You can trap the ball. Flipper. Bing! Ball trap. Hold. Think about things. Wait for all of those other balls to sort themselves out. And trajectory. Math. Done. Ding! Now you're controlling the game. But before you control the game, you got to learn how to control your flippers. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And the, um, <laughs> I was just thinking that watching all those balls go down the, go down the chute is one of sometimes the most painful moments. Right? It's just, it's, no. It can almost be disillusioning. And yeah. I was going to stretch this all out into like a big old song and dance on this on this subject. But I think it's pretty self-evident that there's a lot of things going on in a pinball game that relate to life. Mm-hmm. The overarching theme is you got to learn how to play the game. Mm. I like it. And the um, the continuing the continuing thought, I guess, on top of that is that it's not just that you have to learn the game. First off, you have to understand you're in the game. Then you have to learn how to play the game. Well, then you have to learn how to use the controls. And then you got to learn how to play the game. And then you got to understand that losing is part of the game. And then you got to understand that in order to win, it's just about how long you can play. Rather well, there than, is one other step that you've left out. That I miss Which is so critical, but nobody ever thinks about. You just walked into the pinball store of the day. Mm-hmm. As you approach your pinball machine, what's the next thing that happens? You got to pay to play. Yes, you do. Yeah. You've got to reach into your pocket and maybe it's your lucky quarter. Maybe it's your last quarter mm. that you've got to sacrifice to begin the game. Otherwise, if you ain't willing to pay the quarter, you ain't in the game. You're walking past the game thinking, I'd love to play that game, but I don't want to pay the price. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is a very good. That's a very good point. The, uh, so every- <laughs> come on, I'm on fire. Well, you got your do your best mug, so I do. I, I get. I it. do. I do. Um, the uh, <laughs> you do have to pay for it, and you got to understand what you're willing to pay. You got to understand whether or not you're capable of paying it. But again, capability comes from. I've got another understanding. trick on my sleeve. This one's gonna fry your. Ooh. This is gonna fry your skyscraper. I don't know, man. Have you seen the size <laughs> of this forehead? Come on now. <laughs> I think this one will. I think this one. Okay. Will. So you approach the pinball machine. Someone told you, hey, man, you should try pinball machines. I think you could be good. You walk up and you realize that now you've got to pay. Mm-hmm. And you get with that uh, moment and you think, okay, I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to make the sacrifice. You play the game. All the balls go down the chute. And you look at them and think, dang, that just cost me a quarter. And I didn't even hit a ball. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Or did you pull out another quarter? I was going to add to this. Or okay, if you don't have another quarter, do you look around and say, can I borrow a quarter? Mm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Or let's say you don't have any quarters and you don't want to borrow a quarter from someone. Now you got to think about how do I get a job in this pinball machine store and start working to make the money to play the game. There's, there's another kind piece of to this deep. too. There's another piece to this as well is that you can you can also do research 
And, and what I mean by do research is we all saw this back in the day. I don't know how many people nowadays even know what a pinball machine is, but um, used to sit and watch people play. Right. He's and, a pinball wizard. And he was exactly. He's a pinball wizard. So when you see someone play the, the game band. really, really well, um, pinball wizard is. Uh, Who was it? It's, I'm, I'm, Who could it have been? Uh, the who? Yes, you you're right. Thank you. Um, I was working on it. it took me a little while. <laughs> uh, I I was sitting there in my head. I'm like, who was it? Who was? Oh, right. Um, anyway, you would sit and watch, and you would mm -hmm. learn kind of how the game was played. Mm -hmm. Now, and there's a choice there as well is that you can walk away and say, I know how the game is played because I was watching it. That's right. Or you can decide, I got to try that. I got to see. I got to yeah. see if I can actually do anything here. There's and, another moment as well. Oh, yeah. See, and this is where gaining insight. And this one's relevant. Insights. Okay. What do not, you got? Not that, nothing, not that I'm saying anything we haven't said hasn't been relevant. Mm. I'm just saying it's continuously relevant as all the other points have been. And and this happened to me when I was in uh, junior high, uh, watching a pin, my, pretty much one of the first pinball machines I ever saw. And, uh, and, and we were all crowded around it. And the kid who had all the money was playing the game i was broke i had no mm -hmm. money i just sat there and watched and he was he was good he had lots of money to spend he got better and then as he's binging and banging he looked at me and he said i gotta go get something to eat can you take over i was like yeah i can and i took over now i don't even remember how i did probably terrible but it's another point to be raised that mm -hmm. sometimes Someone who plays the game really well wants to hand the game off to someone else who then gets to play the game. Yeah. And at that point, you get to understand what the game is like. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Because <laughs> as, as much as you watch, I mean, anybody that can picture, you know, a pinball machine in their head has seen the multi-ball with all the chaos and all the balls and all of the lights and all of the noise and all of the stuff going on all at once. And uh, this was actually a point I was going to bring up a little earlier that I tell my boys when I when we ride um, is that the, the best players don't look at their paddles. Mm -hmm. They look up the board and they, they use their peripheral vision or to kind of maintain an understanding of where the paddles are, where the balls are, stuff like that. But they don't actually like look down at their paddles. No. And uh, I tell my boys this all the time is that when we're like Kinley's just learning how to ride without training wheels and I, he's constantly looking over the handlebars right at the tire. Mm -hmm. Right, he's looking at the ground, trying to maintain his balance, and I'm like, "You got to keep your eyes up. Got to keep your eyes up on the horizon. On the horizon, pick a spot down there, look at it, and just stare at it. Don't worry about where your tire is. Feel the bike. But it's the same thing with the pinball machine. You kind of have to feel the machine, but you only get there by doing it over and over and over and oh, over yeah, and over for and sure. over again. But the it's vision like portion of it, yeah. it's weapons. I mean, towards the end of my career, I didn't hold weapons in my hand. Bullets just appeared where I thought, hole, hole, hole. Mm -hmm. And to get there, I imagine the first time you picked up a rifle, long time before the army, it was miss, 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 miss. <laughs> no, first it wasn't. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But I, maybe for the standard issue person, but I'd already done a lot of shooting before. I mean, I like before when you were a kid, when you first picked up a uh, rifle. I was pretty lucky, man. Yeah. I was lucky. I could shoot okay. right from the get-go. Nice. I guess maybe you had intuitive feeling of it. <clears throat> I had something, no yeah. doubt about it. 
I I know for sure I had something. I just don't yeah. know what it was. Well, as a I wouldn't give it a name. I wouldn't be so bold as to give it a name. I'll just say I had something. Mm. I would give it a name. I would say it's a type of intuition. Probably. And that there are um I remember can't remember who said it, but they were saying something about the fact that, you know, genetically we all have specific traits that we're going to adopt easier than other things if, if we explore them yes if we explore and, them, and the only way that we can understand our special skills is to do a lot of things that require skills until finally you're like say what i can think it and it happens exactly i mean you got to find your thing and that's that's one of the hardest parts in life finding your thing i think that's one of the the biggest challenges that we see as human beings is either well, it is we... for non-adventurous people mm. and think... that's kind of why i threw up that video yesterday with the little jrr tolkien quote in it yeah. uh what do you think of that by the way i liked it it was, a, it was poignant yeah i, I thought really so did. yeah uh timely even and so uh <laughs> when like I... you were talking to me or something <laughs> Pretty much almost <laughs> <laughs> in both posts yesterday. So, yeah. you know, the idea being that um, our view of our world is as small as we want it to be. We are That's actively true. constraining ourselves on the daily in our view of the world around us by thinking small. Mm. If you, I only raised that drone up, you know, a couple hundred feet, not even. And it went from a tiny little red house with a backyard to the misty mountains in the background. And that's just changing your perspective, mm. pulling your head out of the small world, looking up over the treetops and seeing a, there's a bigger world out there. And that's the thing. That was, that was the point that I would have loved to have made, but would have taken too many words. So I shifted to J.R.R. Mm -hmm. uh, Tolkien to make the point that our worlds are as small as we want them to be. The only way it gets bigger is by going out and adventuring. Follow your feet or like your boy, follow your front tire. <laughs> and if he's following his front tire or someone's following their feet, guess what? That first day, you're going to go over the bars mm -hmm. or you're going to trip on your shoelaces. Mm -hmm. That's part of the adventure. You, you get scuffed up. Like any good hobbit, you run out of food because you've eaten it all on the first day and there's still nine days left. So the idea is that for you to see a bigger world, for you to think bigger, for all of us to get out of our own tiny little worldview, it requires adventure. It requires going out and doing something that isn't normal for us. What about second breakfast? <laughs> I do love a good second breakfast. <laughs> the uh, it's it's a great. It was very pointed. It was very uh, specific. I I took it as such. It was very. Specific it was directed. Me. I, yeah. I I crafted it specifically for you, but not at you. It was yeah. for you, but it just so happens to work for. It's applicable to everyone you, else, yeah, and not just a slice of you that are out mm -hmm. there. It works for me. It works for all of us. That video is directed at the entire world, if if it would listen. You know, it's funny because it's been said many times, right? Mm -hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien said it in his books. Um, Jocko says it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Take a step back, look up, 
<laughs> detach, right? That's the whole mm. concept is if you are so immersed in whatever your situation is in this moment. Yeah, the little sizzling day that you're in. Every day right? is a sizzle. Yeah. But every day is no further than the fence in your backyard. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I mean, I think this also happens, uh, great, another analogy, jujitsu, right? If you're it concentrated does. on the one move right now, you're three moves behind, in which case. And, and yesterday, you, you were talking about how world champions are, you know, they tend to create two or three moves. That's their go-to. That's it. That's how they win, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't want to get into it because I take the complete opposite opinion of that. Mm -hmm. I know that champions have sequence of events, but I mean, if Miyamoto Masashi has anything to say about it, there is no way. Everything's the way. There is no one solution. It's all a solution. There is no three moves. There's all moves. And if the moment that you start locking yourself into a patternized or weaponized sequence of events that starts the clock ticking the moment you execute plan A, see you later, you're doomed. There's having the future solution as a one, two, three step equation ain't flexible enough ain't miyamoto masashi enough you know i i agree and i think that um you know mobility is is the <laughs> it, it's the antithesis to the planning right it's it's the it's the state of no mind that he preaches yes and, and the, which is the complete opposite of having a mind as to how this is all going to play out you got to dump it all as a i feel as a jujitsu practitioner for me, I dump it all. I just roll mm -hmm. and I let it unfold. The solutions will occur or they won't, but I will unfold in an organic no state of no mind. That's what I pursue. I, and I think it's a worthy pursuit. That's it is. why it's why I keep studying. That's why I keep working. That's why I keep trying to figure it out. I don't want to be, I don't, A, I don't like being static. I've been static. There's been many times where I have, uh, and I mean static in terms of uh, large situationally static, right? Where you're you're living Groundhog Day. Every day mm. is the same, and I've been so there. mentally and action based. Yes, exactly. Mm. And uh, it sucks. It, it sucks being static. So, <laughs> and yeah. whether or not that static is, um, I think that's why that sound is really annoying to people. Also, is that it's, it's <laughs> I've never thought of that. That's good. Um, I've never made that connection. That's mm, quite sharp. Well done. Thank you very much. The, uh, <laughs> but I think that's because, you know, one of the things of tinnitus, why is it so annoying? Because it's constant mm. and it's the same. Mm. It never oh, changes. Oh, hang on a sec now. Except there not are times bad. where I get tonal changes, but. Not bad, not bad. So I like the static uh, noise uh, kind of topic, but it does go away once you normalize the static. Like, I mean, it's there, it's, it's not going away until you tune it out. And it's same, oh, yes. same with a, a little bit of tinnitus, you know, like I got, I got it myself and, and every once in a while, when it starts kind of irritating me, I find a way to tune it out. I find a way to normalize. It doesn't make it fun. doesn't make it completely go away because it's right there, but I've got to, I have to find a way with my big, bad brain to either normalize or compartmentalize or mm -hmm. manage it or tweak it or redirect it or replace it with something, whatever. That's my job. And that's all of our jobs with static as well. Static 
will always be there. And then eventually you'll not hear it anymore, but the static is still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, the regulation of, or not regulation, but the regularity of it makes it easy to tune out, but you're right. It is always still there. And there's Mm -hmm. lots of points. I was thinking about this uh, a little while ago with the fact that, you know, the concept of a midlife crisis, right? You most, the average, or I guess the average male, I don't know, you know, you hit 40 and you're like, Oh my God, my whole, my whole 20 years has just disappeared into working every day, the same job and doing the same things and doing, going on the same vacations and like it, it's that realization of, oh my goodness, the static is still here. <laughs> I thought it thought it was gone or I couldn't hear it over the last little while. And I mean, you've said it a bunch of times is that it, life is not an ambush. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people forget the static is there and then get uh, ambushed by the static. All of a sudden they can hear it again and go, oh, wait, what? Whoa. That's not where, cool. Where'd that come from? Right. And then they try and figure out like, well, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta be 20 again. I'm going to go buy a red sports car or I'm going to like, and it creates this need for the old days or the concept, I guess, of the old days, the feeling that they used to have when they weren't in a static position instead of being integrated to the now and wanting to change the static for now versus just I never live. went through a midlife crisis. I don't. Doubt I don't that think. <laughs> and and so, I think I you've always recreate my first twenty years. They were kind of busy, but yep. then right around the t- actually, as I turned forty, Evan, our first son, was born. So my midlife crisis was: here's your red sports car called Evan. Yeah. And so, new baby boy. You know, I I don't know if I've ever had a midlife crisis. I I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it looks like. I just know. I, I, I don't think I have. I can't imagine you having a midlife crisis. And I think the reason being is that you you haven't been static. Uh, and I haven't looked for a, sort of a token or a uh, a symbol or a representation of, we'll call it a solution that makes me feel like, I don't know, I don't even know what a midlife crisis is supposed to make you feel like, like you're a better human or like you're you're twice a man or you like you've you've been successful or you haven't been successful but you want to feel successful so you buy yourself a race car i don't even know what midlife crisis means to be honest uh, as a person i loosely understand the definition but it just doesn't feel like that's my style of life it's not and that's that's why i brought it up the fact that it's not really i would not imagine you going through one because as i said you you haven't been static to the point that you would then go, oh my goodness, 10 or 20 years has disappeared. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure right. not. And I think a lot of people, though, hit that point, right? They turn 20, they want to play the pinball machine. They're like, yeah, let's play the pinball machine. Well, now I need a job. So they go get a job and they realize, and then oh, now I got a partner and I really want to play that pinball machine. And now I got to work every day. And then I still want to, and, and then I got to work. Okay, well, now my kids are here. Okay, well, I got to take them to school. And the pinball machine fades away. And then 20 years down the road, they go, oh, yeah, I really wanted to play pinball. Now I have all this money. My kids are out of the house. Red sports car, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's trying to re, re-grab onto that thing from the past rather than living for the future. And, you know, like, so not too long ago, talking with the boys, we were 
having a bit of a laugh about, I wouldn't mind owning a pinball machine. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be really cool. And uh, and talking about, you know, which one it would be. And then it went on to the arcade game. Well, you'd need a pinball machine and you'd need an arcade game as well. well yeah. I'm sure that'd have to be like Galaga or something like that. And so uh, I'm not sure exactly which pinball machine it would be, but that's what I would want. A bit of Galaga, a bit of pinball machine. Mm. And um, Ooh, a I look at that. Terminator 2 one would be good. Those which are good one? Ones. Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. had considered that as a possibility. But if I was going to get for reals about it, I'd have to do my research. I'd have to do my recon, figure out what, what feels right. Not what is right right now, but what feels right then in the imaginary future that I'll never buy a pinball machine. Yeah. So um, I think it's cool to have these kind of considerations as, as I was chatting with the boys again just a few days ago because it, I don't know, it makes you realize, do I or don't I want a pinball machine authentically right now rather than for the last million and 12 years I've been imagining the pinball machine's the solution to all my problems. <laughs> It's funny because uh, both Arden and Kinley, um, we were walking through a store one day and they saw one of the, the little miniature arcade bot machines that oh, you can yeah, buy yeah, at the yeah. store, right? With And yeah, it's got yeah, like yeah. 80 or 90 games on it yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And they saw it and they're like, whoa, that's super cool. And I was like, you know, boys, when I was a kid, they used to have entire buildings full of these, all different games. And they were like, what? <gasps> I want to go to one. I'm like, yeah, they don't really exist anymore. But <laughs> they should. You can find them I mean, in some cities. Do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They have like here, yeah, actually in Edmonton, they have the rec room, right? And it's a big one. And there's a swipe card. There's oh, lots of games. Nice. Anyway, oh, nice, it's nice. Still an arcade setup, but mm, mm. um, they were like, oh well, let's 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 buy this and we'll take it home. And I'm like, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, and they're like, let's let's oh. buy it, boys. When do you when do you want to buy it? That's exactly right what now, I said. Dad. But hang on a sec. How long have you been working? Oh, you don't even have jobs yet? What the heck? Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> and so we did. We sat and discussed it, and I was like, it's $700. I'm not paying for it. Right. I will help because I would like to play too, obviously. I'll, I'll drive you to machine. the store. I'll still play, right? <laughs> but uh, you guys are going to come up with most of the money. And they're like, well, uh, well, if we both put in money, Arden was immediately on the math. He's like, oh, well, if we both had $350, then it would be so much. And I'm like, that would be, wouldn't it? And he goes, yeah, so how do, how do I, how do we get $300? I'm like, how do you get $300? And so he's come up with a business plan. <laughs> he's going to start selling um, paper fans outside of the house in a little booth. Instead of lemonade or anything, mm -hmm. he's going to make paper fans and he's going to sell them. I'm like, okay, we'll see how long that takes. He's like, if I sell each one for $5, then I'm going to have to make this many. He immediately went into the math of it. It's good, man. <laughs> it is. That, and then <laughs> It's really good. It, I'll tell you this. I was stopped by a teacher. Would have been about a week and a half ago. I was in town on my bike, having a couple of laughs at the bike shop. And uh, this guy says, hey, how you doing? I was, and I recognized him, but I couldn't remember his name. I said, good. How are you? And he said, uh, you know, I see you riding around a lot. And every time I see you, I always think of your boys. as." And I was like, hmm. Oh, yeah? Why is that? And he says, uh, oh, because I taught them. At, uh, in junior high, it's like, oh, cool. And he said, here's what I remember about your boys. We had a competition at school where we we're trying to raise money and whoever raised the most money, the fastest won. So Evan came up with a scheme where he was 
buying things like lemonade powder in a big container, came back, did the math, you know, sir, uh, the serving of lemonade was about two cents per glass. Yeah. He was raking it in. Mm-hmm. He hired his brother. He hired Keegan to sell in the school hallway when Evan was in class. So this yeah. teacher's telling me all about, yeah. And so Evan would like tell Keegan, you know, sell, and then they do the math. And, and I had to stop it. I had to shut their operation down because they were too successful. They were making a boatload of money and they were sending the wrong message. <laughs> and here's how he shut it down. He said, I had to look at Evan one day and say, so you've hired your brother and you guys are doing really well. I see that. But uh, do you have the insurance for your employee? And Evan looked at him and said, what? He said, oh, yeah. What if your employee gets hurt? What if he slips in the hallway and mm-hmm. like uh, gets hurt? Then, you know, you need uh, employee insurance. And uh, Evan's like, well, what's that? And, you know, actually, Evan came back and asked a bunch of questions around. And I said, well, you know, he's got a point. And so uh, it's it's not that he had a point. It was the point that was the point. Yeah. And so... Um, of course, the grid got shut down uh, eventually, but uh, it kicked them off on the idea that entrepreneurialism can take you in many directions yeah. and it can be successful if you put some sweat, blood and tears into it. But the greater lesson is not for my boys. The greater lesson was for that teacher. If you set someone up right with the right task and they're ferocious that teacher learned a lesson that day. And now he's still telling that freaking story to me about 10 years later. Well, eight years later kind of thing. I, that's fantastic. And the, I, I love the fact that it, you can make such an impact in someone's life by just setting them on a task. Oh, for sure. And just giving them the information or setting them up with the uh, the tools or whatever and just allowing them to run with it well pointing them in a general direction then encouraging them yeah and and along with the encouragement maybe a little barking Mm -hmm. stick carrot stick carrot and so um I, i think it's great you know you me all of us can do one single post on the ig and that post could not only change someone's life but could direct it for the rest of their life mm it's it's a kind of a serious responsibility from time to time this whole social media thing don't you think it, it is <laughs> and it, it is a <clears throat> i think it's utilized in a way i think the average person utilizes it in a way that is not as effective as it could be i know I, that was me I, and like i haven't also and oh, the i'm terrible at it <laughs> well this is this is why we're seeking to do better this is oh, why sure. this is why we started the collective was the fact that we can actually make it a directed effort to change those around us to make life better for more people to give them information do all these great things have good conversations about awesome stuff but what it's enabling people to do is to see the pinball machine mm-hmm. and once they can see the machine they get the choice of whether they want to stay and watch or if they want to pay to play and yeah well you you know there's there's there are two things going on there they get to see the pinball machine but we got to talk about it as being a pinball machine because if they aren't interpreting it correctly it's our job to help interpret it for others because if we don't interpret the the pinball machine then it's a missed opportunity they're bypassing the pinball machine analogy and they're getting on with their groundhog day program Mm -hmm. but that's not what we're trying to do 
And so the idea being that um, when I when I started social media, uh, I was so terrible at it that Tim Turner barked at me and said, stop putting up food photos. <laughs> what do you mean? I like food, man. I like cooking. I like taking photos of food. What's the problem? He wanted me to get on the inspiring track. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to choo-choo, freak train it. All I wanted to do was take photos of food and have my run my little life the way I like to run it, ride, eat, dog, scratch a head, whatever. I wasn't into inspiring. I didn't know there was a, it was actually a job. Mm. The inspiration that I did was on such a micro level that I was just focused on like the one-on-ones, my athletes or whatever. But I wasn't focused on the world, which is what social media is. And so there was a, there was a period of time there where I'm already bad at it right now, but dude, I was so much worse when I first started. Anyone who's listened to this, I was bad. And so I thought, I thought just taking photos of food and having a laugh and whatever, carrying on with my fun, simple life was okay, but it ain't, it ain't, it ain't for me. And it ain't for anyone who's got something to add to the conversation. If you've got something to say that is going to help people or change their ways to a more positive direction stop taking photos of food don't be me Mm. think a little bit more about uh trying to inspire others or take pictures of food but use it as an inspirational tool for sure i was thinking of matt pve who bailed on us today (laughs) as as the as i was talking about the food i was thinking about him and he's a guy who can inspire call sign cupid He's a guy who can inspire. There's for sure. There's people out there that can inspire with food, but I wasn't trying to inspire with food. That's yeah. I was was just cooking. Yeah, I was fascinated with what had been created. I wanted to take a photo of it because I just like taking photos. It wasn't to encourage anyone to cook, or even to talk about the food. It was just a process of me cooking and taking a photo and not thinking about it Mm -hmm. and etc. And that, that was where I was going to go with that was the fact that, you know, you have to actively want to inspire someone. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're not actually doing that, regardless of what you're posting, it's just another post. It is. Even if it is like, oh yeah, I just, I, you know, I climb Mount Everest. Cool. Right on. That's kind of how right. I ran my life. That's, that's that, what I used to do. Yeah. Well, now you're not now you're in the, you're playing the game now you're paying i am paying i am to play. the game i've paid now i'm playing <laughs> well this is it man <clears throat> and you paid by staring in the eye of sauron for a while and yeah i've paid it in a few like... ways that's for sure and uh to include giving up my company etc you know like i've paid in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but they're they're not big deals like they're small prices to pay for the outcome of of the um, of what I'm pursuing, I'd, I'd I'd pay it all again. I'm happy to. I like that. I uh, I do have a comment here from Satch, and I didn't want to put this up earlier because I didn't want this episode to be about me and what I was doing. But oh, it's going to be about you right now. Satch, how you feel today after day, yesterday's ruck? I am sore, very sore. Uh, my shoulders hurt. My hips hurt most more than anything, and. Uh, yeah, I'm walking around like a like a befuddled duck, I guess. <laughs> uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, but it, it is what it is. I, I, my initial plan was to do a BFT, was to do 13k and just like 
see if I could make it under the timing as per old school timings. Um, I can't still can't remember if it was 225 or 235 back in the day to do the 13KN. But you missed it, right? Uh, I think, well, if it was 235, I was in. If it was 225, I was out. Okay. I, think it was I, I, I just assumed like it was 225. It probably was. But uh, so I missed it by about 10 minutes. And <laughs> I remember I was actually jogging the last mile, last uh, kilometer and a half, just to try and make it in the timing. Oh, so you were watching your watch. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you did have that. some performance pressure on yourself. You just didn't meet the standard. Correct. Okay, check. And then uh, at 13K, I was on the other side of town. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just carry on. And now I, I could have just cut back, right? I could have gone down my street and walked home. Um, but I was like, well, I, I just see where I'm going to go. And uh, I had two two times the RCMP stopped and checked on me on the side of the road. Uh one of them was I was taking a break and I just had a knee. Um, I was on a knee and I was drinking some water and RCP stopped in. Hey, what are you up to? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going for a walk. They're like, okay, cool. Where are you, where are you coming from? <laughs> I was like, what's your name? Yeah. And it was like, I, so they actually asked for my address a couple of times, uh, both times. And no doubt. And I was like, yeah, well, th- I'm just going for a rock. And, uh, did you see the head on you? I mean, you've seen your own video. Oh yeah. So no wonder they were pulling over to see what's up. <laughs> For sure. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I made the, I made it, uh, I think it was 12, 12.6 miles, something like that. For some odd reason, my watch is in Imperial. Um, yeah, it is Imperial. Anyway, well, I mean, it's got its own mind. There's no way you can control that. No, there is. I just, I mean, I was it, actually searching for it. It's well, broken. <laughs> I was, uh, I was searching for it on my phone on how to switch it. Um, but Oh, it's could, impossible to switch it. So, There's no oh, way. I'm going to figure it out now. I just <laughs> wasn't figuring it out on the walk. Um, I also started the walk with my phone at like 33%. And I was like, oh, that was not smart. But hey, mm. it is. So what did uh, you do? Did you saunter around listening to tunes? Did you saunter around in the silence? Did you did, did you rage against the machine? Did you kick rocks? Did you, what, you know, what's going on? Uh, so I had music for first little while and then uh, I turned it off for a while and then I put a podcast on for a while and then turned that off for a while and I just tried different things and I the thing that kept running through my brain was uh, what am I doing? Why am I oh, why yeah. am I even going on a run? Like, of course this and you know I'm watching right. my feet just tick 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 and then I started going okay well since I'm already walking uh, let's start making a plan where am I going to go what direction am I headed and, and then, you know, and then I'd sing to the music for a little bit, but most of the time I was up here. Mm-hmm, just of course, no doubt about it. Chirping at myself. Of, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. My knees already hurt. It's only been two kilometers. What is the point of all this? Blah, blah, my blah, shoelaces blah, blah. are already undone and I'm not even off my front yard. <laughs> all of that stuff. Um, so, so what did you choose? So you, you had lots of time to think about it. As mm-hmm. to what you were going to do in a in the way of a challenge, and so did you? Did you like at the last second think I, I didn't come up with anything? I'm just going to uh, walk. Uh, it was more like even like before I stepped off or after. Both will do. Okay, so <laughs> before I stepped off, <clears throat> I was trying to think of what we we had been chatting in the green room, and I said, you know, oh, well, I can ruck no problem. That's not an issue for me. And you were like, well, I don't ever see you with a ruck on. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just pack my stuff and 
go for a walk. That that um, was my backup plan for you, hoping yeah. that you would create something with longevity. Like maybe you're going to go like for a year or two rucking. I don't know. But my hope was that you would create a challenge for yourself, whatever, a trajectory, a path or something, a hero's journey in whatever, macrame, frisbee, building a car, doesn't matter. I just said ruck as the backup. Yeah. But you went with ruck as the primary. So my question still stands. Did you think about any other alternatives before you thought, I'm running out of time. I'm going to ruck. No, I was actually, um, for most of the time afterwards, I was very, uh, I guess, not depressed, but like, I was very, like, I was doing serious introspection. Mm, so the the rest of the world kind of faded away and I was ah, just like. Okay. So you, you, you were so up in your head, you couldn't even plan. Right. And okay, then gotcha. eventually I was just like, and I was going in circles and just like. like <laughs> Looking well, at your I watch. Could, oh, I could do no, that. I could do, do these something. things and I could do. No, that didn't even bother me. I was, oh, no? no okay, I good. I wasn't even worried about the watch or the timing or anything. Oh, okay, I was cool, just cool, like, cool. I, I need to do something. So what am I going to do? And um, and then that concept of the rock clicked in my head. And I was like, oh, right, 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 right. Um, so I just loaded my rock up and I started walking. Now, do you, then, did you have any other alternatives? Any other wild ideas? I'm going to become the best fly fisherman in the world or whatever. Or now that the ruck is done and you realize, oh, man, that's really hard. Do you have another plan or is this going to be it? I don't have another plan yet. I'm still focusing as to what it is I want to do. Well, you know uh, what will speed that up? Is by doing another mega hard ruck today where you realize, geez, I better get with the program and come up with a plan by tomorrow because tomorrow's ruck is going to be even worse. There's going to be a plan today. Don't, don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the, the whole concept was, I was still very confused about the whole conversation. Like I was Mm. still trying to mold it into an, and a concept, I should say. Mm. Um, And so when I just threw the ruck on and I wanted to start something, some do something. And so initially I was just like 5k ruck, like I can do a 5k ruck. That's not an issue. 10k ruck. Well, yeah, it shouldn't be an issue either. 13k. I haven't done that in a while. Let's start with that. And that was the thought process was that that's good enough. One, two, three. Okay, cool. I can do that. And then some thoughts better than no thought or more correctly in this case, no thought is better than all the thought. All the thoughts, exactly. No yeah. Yeah. So I uh so I stepped off and I started walking and then it was like, do I go out seven and a half and come back? Do I just start walking and hit thirteen and figure out where I'm at at that point? Do I, you know, go in a straight line and then go straight back? Do I make a little rigmarole? Like I started planning out the route, like what am I gonna do, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then I was like, Well, you know, Sherwood Park's not that big. But I think it would be a challenge to walk around it. So I started walking, and I was like, okay, well, let's just do that. Bam. And so I yeah, started tracing it out, and then uh, I made it three quarters of the way. I, I, It was just getting really late. It was like almost 11 o'clock. And, uh, Is that and when you wife, turn into a pumpkin? or No, my wife oh, okay. was getting very upset. And oh, was, okay, uh, your wife. Okay, check. And I was like, okay, I need to shut this down, because mm. if I can't walk tomorrow on Mother's Day, it probably won't go well for anybody (laughs) so 
I made the call at one point. Um, I could have. This was the thing when I Don't I had say. like three percent. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. No, and this is okay. what I'm saying is that I had about three percent left on my phone, and I was like, if I tell her this just to come get me, that means I'm going to stop. And she'll come and get me wherever I am. And I was like, but I don't like that idea. So I said, can you, I sent her a message and I said, can you pick me up at a point further down? And she was like, yep. Nice. And so I like hobbled my way into the end there. My hips were not in great shape. And uh, so I linked up with her at a point farther than, quite a bit farther than I was. I think it was a good mile and a half, two miles. Is that the longest you've ever walked in like forever? It's the longest I've, Mm, I'd say yeah. That's probably mm. not the longest I've ever walked ever, but mm. longest I've walked in quite a while. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Notable. Mm, not really. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not asking if it's notable oh. for me. <laughs> I'm asking if it was notable for you, because it's notable to me. Like, I think it's yeah. notable. That's why I asked the specific question. I mean, if you'd have said, no, dude, I, I walked that far yesterday or the day before or last week, now it ain't notable. Mm. But it was, as I saw it, based on the amount of suffrage that I saw in your videos, I was like, yes, that's notable. Good good on you, Chance Pearls. Respect. And so uh, do you think it was notable? I don't know. And this is where I... You feel I'm... like it was an accomplishment. My initial thought is no. And the reason I say that because I did not get where I wanted to go. But you'll never will. It's called life. You'll you'll get at the end of it when everything goes black. Yeah. In the meantime, just push forward. You yeah. you got to where you were supposed to go yesterday. That's where you stopped. That's where you were supposed to stop. If that yeah. wasn't where you were supposed to stop, you would have kept walking. But you didn't. So you stopped where you're supposed to stop and good. Check. Just because you missed the last whatever hour of walking or whatever, that's not a failure, man. Mm. That's mm. It's just a moment in time, time, space, fraction, no biggie. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I still, I like, thought it was notable, man. I, th I, I, I appreciate thought it was it. great. I, uh, you, you I should, still have a lot you should too. Be, you should be pleased. I mean, you should be, you should be happy. Mm. I think uh, I'm still processing everything. And wow. it, it's a big life moment. I don't think it's a big life moment at all. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, I think that's part of the. It is. Th this is where I. This is where I'm processing is that I don't actually see it as a as a moment, even though I saw a be. few other people who thought it was. Yeah, and I don't know. I Did don't, you read but, any comments? Uh, no, I just saw some of them this morning. I've mm. been kind of flying through them, but the um, you didn't read them, or you did I've read, read two or three of them, and there are. Some if you read comments. all of them, you'll note that I think uh, it was a valuable moment for you just as I, it is for everyone who steps into that moment me included i don't doubt it will be valuable i just don't know if i've come there yet i think the whole situation is still like amalgamating into a thought that i can actually utilize mm. if that makes sense like i no takes me a while it takes me a while to process things so. okay <clears throat> fair enough you're a slow thinker uh i don't know if i'm a slow thinker though I just, okay. it takes me a while to. Just what I heard. <laughs> I, I keep hearing, it just takes me a while. But I it, mean, your language is way different than my language. I think uh, I've spent a lot of time in the last, like getting home last night late and then sleeping and then waking up. 
I haven't spent the time to really process it. Mm, that's why I didn't say, hey, Chance Burles, I'm sure that you're not going to the BJJ mats uh, and we don't have to delay today's poggy because there's no way you're going to be on the mats because <laughs> your poor broken-ass body can't get out of your chair this morning. So should we stick to 1,100 hours today or should we go at 1,200 hours today? You know why I didn't say that? Because I wanted you to get an extra hour of processing. Mm. It was actually more sleep than processing. Yeah, <laughs> I, whatever. My, yeah, I'll call but, it what you want. <laughs> no, it's funny because I I woke up at six, like when when my uh, alarm went off, and then I I got up, like I sat up, and I went to the bathroom, and I could barely walk there, and I was like, wow. And then I sat back down, and I fell asleep, and then I woke up at uh, eleven. Oh, seven, and I noticed that your live was on, and wow. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, you almost slept there. through your morning, y'all. What the yeah, hell? I did almost, you almost that's missed a, your own morning, y'all, right? That's why I woke up and I was like, oh, geez, and I saw it. I'm like, I'm gonna hit that right away because <laughs> I can't, can't not do that. I can't focus with one eye, but I'm gonna type out morning, y'all. <laughs> I gotta get it in there. Um, now we're a little bit over time, and we do have some comments here that I did want to make sure that we hit because there's a, a few of them. So, uh, winter storm. Late hello to the collective. Good to see you, Winterstorm. Always awesome. And he says, when, when you go with one of Sean's suggestions and he's disappointed. When <laughs> 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 in For the right reasons. For the right out, reasons. For sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> Satch says, by challenging yourself yesterday, you just may have inspired others to do the same. There's no, ju- there's no may. There is no may in that. Mm. I literally saw someone be inspired by it in a comment. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of a guy called Gray Man Dad? I, indeed I have. Did you read his comment? I did. And? And he... Uh, Presto change He did exactly There that. you go. So, um, and you're, you're absolutely right. Um, Winterstorm says... I know says, I'm right. <laughs> so do you. Says, you know yep. you're right. You know yep. that we're right on this subject. I, yeah. We are absolutely right. I'm, uh, Satch said, uh, sorry, Winterstorm says, nice Satch. Satch says, and you walked almost 21 kilometers. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. It is good, man. Um, Satch is right on winter storm. When Chance feels worthy, he'll feel proud of his walk. I agree. That is a good point. That 100%. is the point. I was, mm-hmm. I was trying to get you there faster, but it appears you're a slow thinker. So whatever, man, carry on. <laughs> yeah. Um, ten years from today, Chance will realize it's a valuable life moment, and that's agreed. Yeah, probably ten years from now. Uh, great man, Dad. Afternoon, Jen. Happy Mother's August. Day, everyone. Hey. Okay. Yeah. That's and, right. Uh, boom, boom. People chirping on the comments. I love it. Uh, so yeah, we are six minutes, six and a half minutes over time, but, uh, I do it's appreciate Chance Burles episode. We're always going to go long on a Chance mm, Burles episode. When we talk about me, I see when, when the focus is you, <laughs> I was hoping to downplay that by doing it in the last 10 minutes. But, I think we uh, did. I, I yeah. you know, I, I feel, let me ask you this question. My opinion at the end of this, uh, conversation is as such i feel it was quite balanced Mm -hmm. i feel that some points were brought out of it by you by me i feel that there was recognition of how hard it was but that's what we're all supposed to do yada 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 yin and yang etc so i think it was a overall good uh, combo and i'm glad we went long i agree i well i'm uh i'm glad we were able to actually discuss it because it was interesting and oh yeah, was, well, you know what'll be interesting tomorrow. It's called DOMS, delayed onset muscle syndrome, and and you're gonna experience it for the first time in about a decade, maybe. Uh, I don't it's gonna it, be a gooder. 
<laughs> I, I, I mean, I know you've felt DOMS before, like once a year or whatever, but tomorrow, wakey, wakey, sleeping beauty. <laughs> well, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be up at six and I'm going to be throwing the kettlebell around. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see. see how, see how yeah, sore we, everything is. And you is. know what? We will see because the deal is you're going to start putting up that video of you sweating. Yes. Eh? Yes, cool. I, I love that. Yeah. I love evidence. <laughs> Picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> do appreciate the conversation. It is enlightening. And uh, I appreciate the push yesterday to actually do something. Dude, so, you kicked ass so good. I uh, I definitely learned. I definitely built. And uh, I've, I've grown because of both of those things. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody watching. I appreciate everybody else doing it at home. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo, and happy Mother's Day. Chimo, mothers. <laughs>